The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSP20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem-solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Ron Ledger, Managing Editor of MTD. This week I'm interviewing Beth Barron, the CEO of Shovels Tire in Louisiana. Beth has been the CEO since 2018, but has been a part of the tire business her entire life. She talks about her family legacy, starting with her dad opening a tire dealership and continuing to the point that she believes that her three children will someday step into her shoes. She also covers the COVID-19 situation in Louisiana, the rate of vaccinations with her employees and what she's doing to help there. She also gets into how business has been during COVID and the future of her company, where she sees some things going, including opening new stores, one just recently. And she talks about women in the tire industry and the management women who work for her. Let's get started. Well, Beth, th- thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm just going to start off with just how did you get started in the tire biz- business? How's, what's your history there? Well, I was born into the tire business. Uh, my dad started uh, the shop bills in uh, 1968. And um, so not long after that, I entered the world and, and it's all I've known. I went to college and came home and, uh, you know, decided I would go to work for my dad um, in the early 90s. And I've just kind of, uh, been working here ever since, done just about every job there is besides actually mountain tires. I don't think anybody would want me putting tires on their car, but uh, other than that, I've run a store, I've done advertising and kind of just moved my way up till um, I took over as CEO in um, late 2018. And how's the, I know we've had COVID in the middle of that time, but how's that transition been the last three years and kind of getting comfortable with that role? So, yeah, you know, it was, um, I, yeah, I had kind of uh, taken over uh, uh, most of the operational side of the business even before uh, I was named CEO. But, uh, you know, it, it has been a transition for me. My dad passed away in 2019. So, so in dealing with that as well, it's, it's kind of been a little bit of an adjustment and um, not having him to kind of go to and ask those questions when, when you kind of are unsure. So, uh, but it's been, um, it's been an interesting uh, time, you know, this past 18 months or so with COVID is, is, was a challenge that I don't think any of us uh, realized we were going to have to deal with, or we would ever have to deal with. So that's been, um, it's been an interesting ride for sure. But, you know, I I think I was prepared to take over this role and, um, you know, it's very fulfilling. Uh, to continue on the legacy of running a, a business that my father started. So uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Gotcha. What, what got him started in the business? Anything in particular? It's kind of a funny story. So my dad was an accountant by trade and um, he worked for his dad. who was an accountant and he, d- he hated being an accountant and <laughs> he was in a small town down the road from where we lived and, and we're from Morgan City, Louisiana. If you look that up on the map, it's kind of a speck on the map south of Baton Rouge. 
And so he was down the road in a little town called Franklin doing the books for one of their clients. And it just so happened that a, a BF Goodridge rep walked into the business and dad struck up a conversation with him. And he was like, well, why y'all don't have a, a, a tire dealership in Morgan City? And the guy says, well, because nobody wants to sell our tires in Morgan City. He's like, you want to do it? And my dad was like, oh, I don't know anything about the tire business or whatever. And um, I don't know, I guess it stuck with him. And eventually he uh, he got a uh, went into a partnership with a, a guy that knew how to work on cars. And before you know it, they opened up a little place selling BF Goodrich tires in 1968 in Morgan City. And he, um, you know, he didn't, like I said, he didn't know anything about the tire business. My dad was a great salesperson and a great uh, numbers guy, uh, but he never, he didn't know how to work on a car. So he found a partner who did. And, you know, ever since then, they've grown the company. They opened their second store in 1972. So he always knew he wanted more than one store. And so you know, it's been a slow grow for us. Gotcha. And how many stores are you at now? And are they all based in Louisiana? Yeah, we're in South Louisiana. We have um, 17 locations right now. We're about to open our 18th before the end of the year. Um, you know, over time, we've closed stores, opened new stores, you know, so we're um, we're standing at 18 right now. Gotcha. Uh, was the plan for the 18th store in place before COVID or has it been something that was delayed? How, how's that? How's that worked? So we had plans to open two stores last year, one early in the year and one late in the year. Uh, with COVID, that's just been a train wreck. So we uh, actually opened our 17th location in December of last year, got it open, you know, right before the end of the year, um, you know, for a store that should have been open six or seven months earlier. And then this store should have been opened at the end of last year and, and we're hoping to get it open before the end of this year. It's just, everything is slower, you know, right. uh, from uh, a construction perspective, uh, materials perspective, um, you know, we do green fields. And so, you know, you got uh, you, a lot of the, the city offices and, and, and people who give you the permits, a lot of those people weren't working and it, it's just been a lot harder to get this, these last couple stores open which is why I really don't have another one planned right now. I just want to get through these two, but um, the store we opened at the end of last year is doing really well. And we're hoping the same for the, the new one that we're opening in Denham Springs, which is right outside of Baton Rouge. Gotcha. Uh, I know um, I've talked to other dealers recently, including one earlier today and employment's been very difficult, you know, getting people hired with opening new stores. Has that been a problem in Louisiana or how, how, how have you navigated those waters? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. It's been very challenging to find people uh, to come to work. Um, you know, we've always had the mentality, you know, where we feel like we're a, a good, solid employer. And we've always kind of had the mentality of, okay, if we open, if we open it, they will come. And that's pretty much worked for us. Uh, but it's, I think we probably have, you know, in our 17 stores, we probably have 10, 10 positions open right now that we could fill. So it's, you know, it's, it's definitely harder right now to find um to find people so we're hoping you know we try to do training from within we're trying to you know bring along technicians inside of our organization we have a a, a corporate trainer on staff that tries to help us with that so it but it is it's very challenging to find people to come into the industry right that's kind of where i was going to go i i um talking to some folks they said they can kind of see recently a little bit more difficult in, in hiring than obviously this sped everything up uh, you said you're kind of tackling that in-house as far as training goes. Do you feel like that's um, 
something that needs to be done industry-wide, like getting more training so that there's more of a pool of people to choose from or yes, how does that look? I, I definitely think as an industry, we've got to figure out some ways to, to, to whether utilizing TIA or some other types of, of situations where we can, um, we can find some opportunities to just for, you know, mid-level training, whether it's, you know, simple break jobs or alignments or whatever. And Hunter does a good job with alignments. We send a lot of people to Hunter's alignment training. Um, but any other components of the vehicle, you don't really see that in most trade schools um, and, and community colleges that they don't have a lot of success with with these programs because they want kids to go to school for two years and not work. And these people, you know, the guys and gals who go into this uh, become technicians or become shop hands and then move up into tech, they need to work now. They can't be in school for, you know, two years paying some ungodly tuition uh, to, to get through school, to get this piece of paper that says they know how to work on cars when they've never really worked on cars. I mean, they need to find some ways to do some on the job type of training things or, uh, you know, some kind of hybrid where people work and go to school at the same time where they can work full time and maybe go to school at night. I just don't feel like we have any really great programs out there, at least not in Louisiana. There could be some other areas that that are better off than we are. Yeah, I've been kind of hearing that like on and off and kind of the same thing, like there needs to be a way to train the people that are already interested and kind of grow, grow from that point, show people that the the job isn't what they picture it to be. You know what I mean? Like there's more, there's more Look, to it than, you know, they can dirt, living, working on cars. There's no doubt about it, but it's right. more difficult than it's ever been. Right. With components and computers. And I mean, it's, it's not an easy thing, even alignments, you know, it's, it's just not, um, it's not as easy, I guess, as it once was. Uh, but it's definitely a, you know, there's money to be made. And if you enjoy tinkering and fixing things. Right. Right. That's my, my brother's involved that little bit and worked in the industry for a number of years. And I know he was always every six months off to some other training for some new component to the car, you know, so it's stuff. It's always, uh, things to learn education as you go. So. And the the dealerships do a lot better job. The, the manufacturer, the car manufacturers do a lot better job of training people than the aftermarket. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, most of the really talented technicians stay in the car dealer world, because they do have the the manufacturer, the car dealer manufacturers have, you know, they do have training programs and, and right. classes that their people too and stuff like that. Exactly. Well, uh, I think you may have already kind of answered this question with getting two new stores, but how, how is business going? How, how are things been going pre-COVID during it? Now that you're coming out, how's, how's business overall? Well, in Louisiana, we don't, we feel like we're in the thick of it again. So it's, it's really interesting to see how it's been affecting our business over the last couple, three weeks since the, the rise in the new Delta variant. And it's been really challenging. We've had more people out sick this time around than we've had, you know, total. I think we had 10, 10 or 12 people out with COVID last week and another five or six this week. It's a, uh, it's been a, a hard road with COVID, but overall our business is really good. Our business was strong last year. It's strong again this year. Um, you know, especially from the service perspective, I think people are fixing older vehicles and keeping their vehicles longer with the shortage of new vehicles out there. So our service business has picked up, but so is our tire unit business is, is still pretty strong. So, um, so we're happy about, you know, wh- where we are from a profitability standpoint, but you know, COVID is still raging and it's, um, 
it's making it a little more difficult for us now than, and we did feel like, I think we got a little bit uh, complacent. We felt like we were coming out of it. And uh, now we're, I think our hospitalizations are higher than they've ever been throughout the ordeal. And, you know, we're clocking, you know, between 80 and a hundred deaths in Louisiana a day. So it's, it's back, you know, it's kind of back yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Kind of seeing little hot spots in, in different places. Um, yeah, and, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's a lot of it has to do with vaccination rates and, uh, you know, those types of things. But I'm hoping we're almost, you know, we we're back in a mass mandate in Louisiana. I'm hoping we're we're getting to a point where we're, uh, you know, coming out of it again. But we're kind right. of in the thick of it. You, you mentioned the, the vaccines there. Have you done anything with the company, like as far as with the employees? Is it trying to get them on board with that or what, what's your thought yeah, there? So- uh, we, we did pay people to get vaccinated if they chose to get vaccinated. We, we've taken a stand that we, we do um, want people to get vaccinated. But again, I think our vaccination rate in Louisiana is in the low 40s. Um, so, you know, the majority of people are not vaccinated. And so we, we're not pushing. We're not because um, everybody has their reasoning why they want right. to do or do things. But we did um, give an incentive for people who did get vaccinated. So. Um, it, but it's, you know, I, I would say of our population, I think we have about 140 employees. I would say probably 20% are actually vaccinated. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, as far as, uh, you in this industry, obviously there's not many women, women CEOs of, of, uh, tire dealerships. How's that been navigating for yourself and just, uh, and, and things like that. How's, how's business been for you in that, in that realm? So, you know, I think that for me, um, it being a woman in this industry is really interesting. You don't come across that many. Uh, I do have one good friend who is a CEO of her business as well. That's in our uh, 20 group. Uh, we belong to a 20 group, three guys. Um, okay. And she's, she's a ball of fire. So she's been a lot of fun. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, I've never, I've always been very confident in what I know about this business and navigating it. I think, um, I think had I not been born into it, I probably wouldn't be in it. It's just, it's kind of a dirty business. I think people have the idea that, you know, tires smell bad and uh, working on cars is a bit of a dirty business. I think that's why more women aren't involved in it. But, um, you know, for me, I don't feel, I feel like I get a lot of respect, but I think that respect has to do with my knowledge and, uh, you know, the type of businesswoman that I am. Uh, not really whether I'm a man or a woman. So it, and, and look, I have some great friends, uh, great mentors in this business who uh, I've known for a long time who run really great tire businesses that, uh, you know, I can call on for um, advice and support in in different types of areas. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, you know, you're a lot of times you're the only woman in a, a room of men. So it's, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty comfortable there. I, only again, because I'm comfortable uh, in, in my knowledge and my, business acumen that I've, I think I've gotten from my father. So. Right. Um, are there any things in place or that you work with, with just women that try to get recruit more women and not necessarily into this business, but maybe so, but even into CEO type situations or upper business, anything like that. So often I get invited into organizations like that, but I, you know, I spend my time in, in civic type of things in the area. Um, I just joined the board of trustees at, uh, 
the high school that I graduated from and um, I do rotary here in town and I don't really, I do more local type of things. I don't really belong to any type of women's CEO organizations or anything like that. I, w- I think though that in, in my business specifically, uh, we have three uh, uh, female managers. We have several female service advisors. And I think sometimes the fact that, that this company is run by a woman, it, it, it does uh, call to other women and um, they feel like, uh, I don't know, that they're getting a fair shake, I guess, working for a woman, uh, even though really I'm not, you know, I have people, uh, a, a couple of gentlemen that that really run my operations for me. I, I don't deal directly with the managers, but I think that it gives them a little bit of a comfort level. So we have some great women who work in our organization and I'm all, we're always looking for more because we feel like from a customer service perspective, uh, a lot of times I think a women, women get it a little better. And, and for me, that is the hallmark of our business is how we take care of our customers first, our employees second. And um, if you're doing those two things, everything else falls into place. And so I just find that women have, you know, they, they have that caregiving, taking care of people type of, of mentality. So I'm right. always happy to women come into the organization. Yeah, I'm sure that's, you know, rewarding in that part as well. Uh, it sounds like you said, you know, almost where you put a, put good processes in place and then everything kind of follows suit. Um, right. uh, I guess taking a little crystal ball and looking ahead like, where do you see the, the, the company in the next few years yourself? Like, um, the- so, yeah, so we are definitely always looking for new opportunities to open new stores. I'm, I'm kind of starting to put my eye out for another piece of property. We've, we had said we wanted to do one store per year, but COVID's kind of, uh, you know, made that a little bit more difficult. And the, the cost of construction is is just crazy right now. So, um, but I am kind of keeping my eyes open. We definitely believe that if you're not growing, you're dying. So we we definitely want more locations and we'll continue to look for those opportunities. Um, you know, and the plan is just to continue to grow the operations that we have right now as well. You know, more people in each store, higher sales volumes, those types of things. So um, we have a pretty good plan in place. I mean, I think uh, for me, I mean, I, I, all of my children work in our business. So I, you know, I have a good legacy here uh, to, for my children to continue this business. So that's exciting for me uh, that I know I don't, I won't have to work forever and, and kind of get <laughs> them in a position to, uh, to take on some leadership roles in the business. So that's exciting as well. That's cool. How many children do you have? I have three. I have three. They all do a little something different. So I have a, a, a very uh, talented salesperson. My youngest son is, is a talented salesperson. Uh, my, my older son is the one that I think will eventually take the reins from me. Um, he's um, he's more of a numbers guy and uh, just kind of getting his feet wet in the business. He's recently graduated from college. And um, and then my daughter, who's my oldest, she's our IT person. She does all our IT work and she she likes that behind the computer, not necessarily dealing with people. So they all have their own little set of gifts. Um, so it works out really well. That's, that's, that's great. That's good. Good to hear. I, I do know as I've gotten into this industry in the last six, seven months, it definitely seems to be quite a bit of families, uh, you know, as has been the case with you, like family heritage almost like, so that that's good. Good to see. Yeah. Well, so, well, Beth, I appreciate the time you gave us. I'm glad to, to check in with you and your company in Louisiana and uh, I look forward to talking to you again in the future. All right. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. 
The Modern Tire Dealer Show is sponsored by MTD10, the training and education network. Formerly DSP20 Group, 10 is the most progressive, comprehensive resource offering tire dealers the solutions, connections, and training they need to reach their goals. From one-on-one coaching and 20 group networking to real-world on-site problem solving and exclusive content, 10 offers an all-encompassing approach to education unlike anything the industry has ever seen, one that will ensure your business succeeds long-term. Learn more about what 10 can do for you and your business at mtd10.com. Thanks for listening to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you like this episode, please click and follow our show so you don't miss an episode. You'll also be able to go back and listen to our previous podcast. If you're listening on a web browser, you can find our show on all the leading podcast distribution networks, including Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, just to name a few. There you can rate the show, and please do that. Those reviews help us to get the show to more tire leaders around the world. Thanks again for listening, and have a fantastic week.